Thanks for joining us for our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're currently in our series, Fresh Fruit, where we are diving into the fruit of the Spirit. As a believer, the fruit of the Spirit should be coming out of our lives. It should be shown in all that we say and do. Just as when you see an apple tree, you see apples on it. As a Christian, others should see you and see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. They should see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They should see Jesus in us. Our vertical relationship with God must be lived out in our horizontal relationships with others. So let's jump in together to this week's message of Fresh Fruit. We're so glad you're here. I'm Celia Grace Denny, and I've been going to Rolling Hills for three years. I think faithfulness is someone who is loyal and someone who is steadfast, um, somebody who is all in and shows up, somebody who's committed is, is really important. I think that it's important to be faithful because God is faithful to us. And so as followers of Jesus, one of the things that we can do is be faithful back to Him. And so that's working through our local body of believers, working through our daily quiet time with scripture. Um, it's a way to engage in a relationship with Jesus. Sometimes that, that gets hard because things aren't happening the way that we want them to or on our deadline. Um, and so it can be difficult to think that nothing is happening, but God is still working even when we can't see it. If someone came to me and told me that they were struggling to see God's faithfulness or to believe that God is faithful, I would have them recount the times that God was faithful and walk back through their journey with the Lord and, and point out those times of remember when He did this, remember when He did that, remember when He gave you this. You know, the Lord has been good the whole time. And, and to call out those things, I think, helps us remember of, okay, the Lord was faithful then, He's gonna be faithful now, even when we can't see it. Well, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open up to Proverbs. We're in chapter three this morning. We're in a series, uh, as Sierra Grace just talked about, uh, uh, on talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and uh, it's called Fresh Fruit. And we've walked through uh, over the past several weeks the fruit of the Spirit, where, where we find in Galatians, Galatians chapter five, where Paul writes this, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says, against such things there is no law. And we've talked about these fruits of the Spirit. And we, each week, just a, that refresher, that reminder that the fruit of the Spirit, uh, as we've kind of worked through them, is an, is an outward expression of the evidence of an inward reality. It's the outward, outward evidence of an inward reality, right? It's something that, the, that happens when we put our faith in Jesus and he saves us from our sin and salvation happens and we're given new life in the spirit. 
And one of the other things, that, and I think I've said it wrong already this morning, but one of the other things that we talked about, and it's good to point out, is that, that Paul speaks of the fruit, not the fruits of the Spirit. It's one fruit. This is kind of the, all the, the one fruit that bursts in. So it's not a checklist. All of these that we're working through is not a checklist. It's, it's all that one fruit of the Spirit. As we grow in our relationship with the Lord, that these things become the character of, the character of God becomes more and more evident the, in our actions and our attitudes. It's the way that we live in our daily daily lives, these things become more and more evident, the fruit of the Spirit. And one pastor said it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's what's blossoming inside of us, this fruit that's blossoming inside of us and has all these different flavors, and, but it's just one fruit. And it's the transforming work of the Holy Spirit that does this inside of us, that's producing this fruit that's consistent with the character of God. This morning we're going to talk about faithfulness. We're talking about faithfulness. And faithfulness is defined, and it's a lot what what we heard in the video, faithfulness is, designed, is defined as in Scripture as someone or something that is dependable and firm. It can be counted upon. It's a character of one who can be relied on. And the fruit that's listed in Galatians chapter 5, of the fruit that's listed in Galatians chapter 5, these, this, what we've worked through over the past several weeks, this, this one, faithfulness, is one that I would say I've meditated on the most, I've thought about the most over the past 15 to 20 years as I've served in ministry. And as you're thinking about that, yes, I was in ministry when I was five. Um, thank you for the laughter. That was awesome. But it, over the past, like there's a heaviness, a personal heaviness that I have when it comes to faithfulness. And, and, and let me explain that a little bit because one, on the one side you see in the Old Testament, you see throughout the Old Testament these stories, these devastating, these stories of the devastating effects of God's people when they were not faithful. And the repercussions of that lack of faithfulness to God and to being obedient to his word. But you also see throughout, throughout the Old Testament, especially you see these beautiful stories, these countless beautiful stories of men and women who were faithful in their relationship with God. And, and they remained faithful even though they experienced many trials and, and the blessings of their faithfulness that are found in the Old Testament and the New Testament as well. But on a personal level, on a, on a just, not just in scripture, but on a, what I've seen personally, I've seen the beautiful effects of faithfulness in the lives of believers. Personally, I've seen the beautiful effects of faithfulness in the lives of believers. And I've also, at the same time, seen the devastating darkness that results from unfaithfulness. I've seen the darkness that results from, from faithlessness in marriage and marriage relationships and, and faithlessness or, or the lack of faithfulness when it, when it comes to, to money and finances. And personally, one of the areas that I feel like is that, that weighs on me the most is uh, the, the min of ministry faithfulness. In ministry personally, and in the past couple of years, even more so, it, it feels like it's gotten even heavier in the past couple of years, I've, I've watched I've seen, I've seen the, the devastating, the extraordinarily devastating effects of unfaithful pastors and ministers and how the, how the enemy can use those, the, that, that unfaithfulness in pastors and ministers to bring shame and sorrow and hurt on the lives of those that those pastors lead and have influence over. At the same time, I've also in the past number of years watched as many men and women who love and pastor and minister in the church, how they've remained steadfast and how beautiful that faithfulness can be and how God can use their steadfastness and their faithfulness in the ministry 
in extraordinary ways to bring glory to him and to, and, and to point to the goodness of the gospel. And so as we come to this passage this morning, it, it, it does weigh on me. The, the conversation about faithfulness, it weighs on me in minister, ministerial terms, just as a pastor, the desire to be faithful and to finish well, but also for you as, as, the, as the people that I get to have the pleasure of being able to lead as pastor for, for all of us to walk in faithfulness, to have this fresh fruit of, of new faithfulness. Not just faithfulness in the past, but faithfulness now and faithfulness in the future as we walk with a God who is faithful. In the Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 is our passage today. I'm going to read it and then we're going to pray and then dive in to our outline there. This is what it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. This is the word of the Lord. It says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray this morning that the songs that we sang, God, would truly be the echoes of our heart, that we would celebrate your faithfulness, the fact that you are enough, that you have provided time and time again, and we can trust that you will provide as we move forward, as you've called us to continue to walk in faithfulness to you, that you will provide everything for that life that we need that you've called us to. God, I pray for this morning as we open up your word that you would bring it to life, that God, you would animate this word with the power of your presence and your spirit, God, that it would move in us. And God, you would use it to shape and to mold steadfast and faithful followers of Jesus empowered by your spirit to live the life that you've called us to. And we reflect it in our actions and our attitudes, the character, your character in our lives. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. We begin with this, and if you have your worship guides, kind of our first point there, that God is faithful. God is faithful. You go back to our passage, our passage, it says this, it's this charge that, that's kind of a parental charge that is given to, to the, the, the writer of Proverbs, his son, as he's writing to him, he says, let, let love and faithfulness never leave you. He uses these terms, love and faithfulness. He, he shares that in, and he uses these as a, and these are terms that are used in Exodus chapter 34 when God is giving this self-declaration, this self-identification to Moses in chapter 34 of Exodus. And he says that he is, that he, the qualities of who, Jesus, who God is in Exodus 34 is love and faithfulness mark who God is. And so in this parental appeal that he's saying, hey, I want you as my child for your character to be marked by the same things that are marked the character of God. So he begins with this incredible wisdom of attempting, and it's what we've been doing throughout this series of attempting to look first, the beginning at the ultimate picture of this fruit is pictured in scripture. And the ultimate picture is God himself, that God is the one who is faithful, that we find faithfulness first and foremost by exploring the faithfulness of God and God is faithful. And our call to live faithfulness starts by turning our eyes on who God is, who God was and who God will forever be. And he does, because his word says that he is faithful today, yesterday, today and tomorrow. He was faithful, he is faithful, he will forever be faithful. Jeremiah 
in Lamentations chapter 3 as he laments, is really truly what this whole book of Lamentations, he's lamenting on what's happening to the people of Israel and, and all that's going on. He says this in verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 30, chapter 3, verses 21 through 24, he says this. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because the Lord's great love, we will not be consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. God's faithfulness is celebrated and, and, and is an encouragement for us throughout Scripture. And, and when we look at the fact that God's, God's, faithful, God's faithfulness may be the most important attribute that we can, that we can look at or study in, throughout Scripture, period. It may, it may be the most important. And, and Scripture says it over and over in Exodus 34, chapter 6. Exodus 34, verse 6, it says that he abounds in love and faithfulness. That he is, he is faith, he's a faithful God in Deuteronomy. In, in Psalm 98, it says that he is, you establish your faithfulness in the heavens itself. And later on in verse 8 of that chapter, it says faithfulness surrounds you. So all, over and over and over and again, Scripture testifies. It, it encourages us. It tells us as if this is, could be the most important attribute of God, period, that he is faithful. One pastor says that Scripture repeats itself about God's faithfulness it's almost like a needle getting stuck on a record. You know what I'm talking about? Like the hipsters in the room, y'all know, because y'all have a record player. Y'all bought one and you have like a bunch of records that you never listened to. I, that's me. That's not y'all. That's me. I, I thought I was cool and had to have them. Never. Anyway. So, but it, you know how you get stuck on a record player and it's like, it, it says it, it, that, that click of over and over. It's like, God is faithful. Click. God is faithful. Click. God is faithful. It's annoying, right? God is faithful. But it's that thing that gets stuck. It's like that song that gets stuck in your head. You remember this one? It's like the song that never ends. You're welcome. It just goes on and on. You're just going to get stuck in your head. And hopefully by this, this afternoon when you sing it a bunch, you'll be like, oh, T, and you'll remember God's faithfulness and you won't be mad at me. But it's like that, it's, it's, this, it's the needle getting stuck on the record. It's that song that gets stuck in your head that God is faithful because we need to be reminded that God is faithful. We need to hear that faithfulness is the essential part of God's character and his divine nature. We can do, he can do, he cannot be anything other than faithful. If he were not faithful, he would cease to be God. A.W. Pink, author, theologian, says this, that, he does not grow older, speaking of God, he does not grow older. His greatness does not wax and wane. He doesn't gain new powers or lose old powers. He does not mature and develop. He does not get stronger or weaker or wiser as time goes on. He does not change for the better for he is already perfect and being perfect, he cannot change for the worse. He is God, eternally faithful. When for us, external and internal pressures that, that run, I mean, the, the situations that, endless situations that could change and or affect our minds, change our minds or change our character. But that's not the case of who God is. He is who he says he is. It's what he told Moses at the burning bush. He says, I am who I am and that will never change. God is never going to go through the awkward middle school boy phase. He is who he, who he is, who he is, who he says he is. He's always been, and he forever will be. He's faithful. 
When we think about that, when it, when it grabs our attention, it realizes that all the attributes of God hang on the truth of that faithfulness, that it, his goodness, right, his goodness and his greatness, his glory, his majesty, all the things that we could use to describe God, they rest on the fact that he's faithful and the fact that his goodness will always be exactly as it is today. His greatness will never change because he is faithful. His glory, his majesty will never get more or less because it's always the same because he is faithful. God is faithful and we are completely dependent. If you're filling out the worship God there, the, note, the next note is that we're completely dependent on God's faithfulness. I love the way that Jerry Bridges author writes about reflecting on God's faithfulness says this, that consider for a moment the absolute necessity of the faithfulness of God. We're dependent upon his faithfulness for our salvation. We're dependent upon his faithfulness for deliverance from temptation, for forgiveness of sin, for deliverance and, and strength in times of suffering, for the fulfillment of his promises of eternal life. We can easily see how every aspect of the Christian life rests upon the faithfulness of God. And we have assurance of this that the Lord is faithful to all of his promises. He continues, he says, in fact, the entire Bible is a treatise on the theme of God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness appears in precept or illustration on every page of scripture. It's impossible to describe an act of God without in some way touching on his faithfulness. God is faithful. It is who he is. It's essential. It's an essential part of his character and his nature. And from this, we understand what we see, point two, that God calls for faithfulness from his followers and equips his followers for faithfulness. That God calls it because he is faithful. And this is, this is a, a steady fact. We, we, this doesn't change. He is faithful. And from that we understand that God calls for faithfulness from his followers and equips his followers for faithfulness. If you go back to the passage from Proverbs, verse 3, it says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. He says, bind them around your heart, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablets of your heart, and then you will win favor and good name in the sight of God and man. Again, the author of the Proverbs is writing this, this appeal, this parental appeal to his child to let faithfulness never leave you. And he says, bind them around your, around your neck and write them on the tablets. What he's saying is he's making this earnest plea to his child to meditate on the truth of who God is and his faithfulness. Not only meditate, but, but make, his, make this a part of, make the meditation move, to, move you to making this a part of who you are. As you live and move and, 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 and live on the earth that he's put you on and the time that he's put you here, that this would become a part of your very nature as it is a part of his very nature. And what's incredible as he makes this call for us to live faithful lives in his goodness, he faithfully gives us everything that we need to equip us to live the life that he's called us to by the power of his spirit that dwells in us. You see, because faithfulness, if we're honest, is not, the, it's not our natural bend. It's not our natural, it's not what we're naturally kind of bent towards. We're bent towards fickleness, we're bent towards uh, ever-changing loyalties and affections, things changing on a regular basis. We, we need something new, right? I mean, how many of you always kind of need something new, a new scene, a new, a new toy, something new? I mean, we're not bent towards faithfulness, we're bent towards fickleness. We're bent towards the ever-changing. 
And we laugh at kids whose minds are changed at a whim, whose friends change all the time, whose favorite color changes at the blowing of the wind. And I personally have found myself laughing as I spent time leading young adult, young adult ministry and college ministry over the past several years of, of my life at the, at the ways that uh, majors change almost weekly, right? How, how their passions change, how their interests change, how jobs change. I mean, the, the list goes on and on, but this is not, but, but this, is, this is all of us. Even It's not just kids and young adults, it's all of us. We're all bent towards this fickle, fast-changing desire apart from the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Now, some of you are a little more steady than others, right? I mean, some of you are like, that's not me. I'm like, okay, I'm, don't argue with me. Don't, we don't need to fight. I see that you've been in the same place for five years. That's good. But the faithfulness that we've called to is only really possible by the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us. The faithfulness that we're called to is only really work, is only a part of the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us as we grow and mature in our relationship to God. And if you're filling out your, your worship guide, that faithfulness to God is a goal of greatest value. Faithfulness to God is a goal that is of greatest value. When you think about this, listen to what Paul writes to Timothy, this young pastor that he's discipled and mentored over years. He writes in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, I have fought the good fight. Paul talking about himself, reflecting on his life. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. Truly, Paul on the eve, on the, on the, on the cusp of losing his life, of, 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 being, of his life being taken away because he's a follower of Jesus, as he, as on that end, as, as life comes to an end, what he celebrates in his life, what he celebrates is the fact that he's been faithful to the end. And that doesn't mean that he's done everything right, but ultimately that he's been faithful to God to the end. In reality, that even in our fickleness, that we're faithful to some things. And even, I said it earlier, like some of, some of us are more, you know, none of us are really bent towards the ultimate faithfulness that we're called to in Scripture, but some of us have a little more of a bend than others. And some of you have pulled for football teams that have lost years and years and years to the same team. And yet, Saturday nights and Saturday in the fall, you're going to pull for a team that's lost 17 out of the past 16. And I'm not saying who it is. And sometimes they come through and you're happy today. Otherwise, I would not make this statement today. <laughs> Faithfulness, I, I mean, I, I pull for, I, I, I'm faithful to my Tigers and to the New Orleans Saints. And, and, and sometimes that's been good to me. Most of the time, it's not been all that good to me. But honestly, 2022 season in nine months is really going to mean nothing, truly, in the whole scheme of things. It's really going to mean nothing. Yet I orient my life, I shape my, my, my schedule, I fix my schedule and give hours of attention and energy and way too much passion to a football team, to college kids running around on a really nicely manicured field. I give a lot of time and energy to, I'm faithful to it. And I think about just kind of the, the, the craziness of the faithfulness that we are, that make fun of football and it's not always football, there's other things, but I think about some of the craziness, the, 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 the foolishness of some of the things that we do give lots of time and energy and attention to and we're faithful to. Maybe you've seen these t-shirts that 
somebody goes to some like cool place, like you go to the Grand Canyon, right? And you come back from the Grand Canyon, you have this t-shirt that says, I went to the Grand Canyon and all I got is a t-shirt, right? It's kind of like, I did this really cool thing, but all I got was this lame piece of cotton, right? And I think about that when, when I think about the things that we do give our time and energy and attention to. The amount of faithfulness that we give to things that are really not faithful to us that truly are not really going to give us anything in return, but maybe a momentary pleasure here and there. And I think, you know, sadly, we're getting much less than a t-shirt for the faithfulness that we give to unworthy things. But truly, we all are faithful to something. We know what it means to be faithful. We know what it means to do those things because in some ways, some small ways, we are faithful to some things, but ultimately what God's called us to is a faithfulness to him and it's a goal of greatest value. It's the life that's worth living. It's, it's the words that we hear at the end of time whenever he calls us to be with him. These words from the father that will be the greatest joy when he says, well done my good and faithful servant. What is also incredible about this life that he's called us to this, this faithful life that he's called us to, that he's equipped us for, the goal that's of the greatest value is that it's a full life, that the faithful life is a full life. Our passage says this, that then in verse four, then you win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. And throughout scripture, God tells us of the, the bless, how he blesses those who are obedient and faithful to him and foundationally living lives that are faithful, the living lives that are faithful to God, the faithful and obedient to his word is the good life. It's the full life. Like in, internally inside of us, he's calling us to this faithful life and he's not trying to keep us from joy and the good life and, and it really what, the, the life that we all desire in our hearts that we're all searching for. We're looking for that thing that says this is the good life and what, what God has called us to is that good life. The creator of all things, the one who knows best how life is put together, gives us what it means to live the best life. If you're looking for that, if you're looking for your best life now, it's a faithful life now to God and his word. Because that's where the fullness, the blessed, the beauty of life with God is found, is in faithfulness to him and his word. Listen to what Psalm, the psalmist writes in Psalm 16, one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. It says this in verse five, it says, the Lord, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Skipping down to verse 11, it says, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. He's not trying to keep us from joy by calling us to a faithful life. He's calling us to full joy and walking in faithfulness to him. One last thing before we move on to, the last, to, to our last point here, that the faithful life is not an easy life. It is a life that is full of joy. It is where we find the life that we were called to live. It is, it is the, the life that God is, it is our best life, but it is not an easy life. It's not cheap, it will be challenging. 
The world doesn't favor or doesn't, doesn't value faithfulness. And so our faithfulness to God is going to, going to put a bullseye on our back about faithfulness in the world that we live in. It, it, there's, there's things about it that are, that are always going to be a trouble for the world around us and for our culture. And, and, and the reality is for most of us, it's really easy to live a faithful life when things are going well. But what happens when things fall apart? What happens when stories like Job, when everything falls apart, when we lose literally everything that we value, are we going to remain faithful to God in those moments like we see Job did? I mean, think about this. Think about the fact that Jesus' faithfulness to God and obedience to God, even though he was crying out to God that the cup would pass from him in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus' faithfulness to God and the call that God had on Jesus led him to the cross where he laid down his life for us. Faithfulness is not easy. It will not be cheap. It will cost us. And we've said it before that it's worthy. It's a worthy calling that faithfulness to him is worth. It's worth being obedient and faithful to him no matter what, no matter where, no matter when, no matter what the cost. Faithfulness is a a worthy endeavor. It's a goal of greatest value even though it will cost us something and it won't be easy. Oswald Chambers says that faith is a deliberate confidence. It's a deliberate confidence. It's, a, it's us making up our mind to be confident in the character of God whose ways we may not understand at the time. And that brings us to the last of our points that God invites his followers to daily be reminded of his faithfulness. God invites his followers the ones that he's called to faithfulness and equipped for faithfulness, he, remind, he invites us to daily be reminded of his faithfulness. Proverbs, again, our passage, it says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Again, it's this parental appeal. It's a, to, to, to char- it's a charge to bind them around your neck, to write them on the tablets of your heart, to never let them go, to always let them be around you. Why? To remind you all the time of God's faithfulness. To let them be reminders over and over and over again of God's faithfulness. I think about the story of David and Goliath. Maybe you know the story in Second or First Samuel chapter 17 where, where David comes out and he sees this large man, Goliath, who's calling on, the, on the, the army of Israel and calling out the people of God and their God. And David gets upset. He goes to Samuel or goes to Saul and says, I'll fight him. And Saul's like, what makes you think that you can fight this guy? And he says this in verse seven, or chapter 17, verse 37 of 1 Samuel. It says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hands of this Philistine. What David does is he goes back to the moments where God's been faithful in the past he says, I've been, in the, I've, I've been out in the fields with my sheep, with my father's sheep, and, and these things have happened, and God has delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, and I believe that the same God that can do that, he can deliver me from this guy. I know that God was faithful then. I know that he'll be faithful now. So he calls, he's reminded daily, he's reminded of God's faithfulness in this moment where, God's, where, where he's called to courage and to follow him no matter what the cost But he doesn't do it blindly. He does it calling on the faithfulness of God. And you think about that. Jesus says this as he invites us. He says, 
And he said to them, Jesus talking to those that were there that had gathered him around him in, verse, in chapter 9, verse 23 of Luke. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple, inviting them to be his disciple, must deny themselves and take up their cross. What does it say? Daily and follow me. The daily reminder of Christ's faithfulness to lay down his life for us. Daily being reminded that God has gone before us to do everything that we needed for us so that we could walk in faithfulness to him like he's called us to. Daily reminded. And so just some applications, some places that maybe, that maybe you struggle, like I struggle, to, to be reminded of God's faithfulness. There's some things that you can be reminded of, and I've got them listed there so that maybe you can take these home and let them be a part of your, your, your study or your quiet times this week as you spend time with him. Just reminding yourself these applications of God's faithfulness in the midst of the craziness of our lives. And the first one is this, that, that these daily reminders that when I am faithless, he is faithful. When I am faithless, he is faithful. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. For all of us, there's been moments in our walk with Christ since you've put your faith in Jesus. And if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, that's an invitation that's yours this morning to come and trust in Jesus. But as you put your faith in Jesus or you've walked with him for 20 years, if it starts today or has been going on for the past quarter century, listen, there's moments in your life and there'll be moments in the future where you're not going to be faithful. Where you're going to walk away in disobedience, where you're going to do things that you know that God's called you not to do. You're going to do them anyway. And listen, God is faithful even when you are faithless. Even when you lack the faith to trust him, to follow him, to do what he's called you to do. God remains faithful because he can do nothing else. He's faithful even when we're faithless. When I'm discouraged he is faithful. Psalm 34, he says, the Lord is close to the broken, to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles. Listen, the righteous person may have many troubles. You may be discouraged, but the Lord delivers him from all of them. When you're discouraged, he is faithful. When you doubt, he is faithful. The third one, when you doubt, he is faithful. Mark chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, the, the, the man comes and asks Jesus to perform a miracle for him. And, and he says, if you can, Jesus says, everything is possible for the one who believes. And this cry, I've cried on my own countless times. Verse 24 of chapter 9 of Mark, it says, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me to overcome my unbelief. How many of you just like me have walked through moments of doubt when you doubt the goodness and doubt the faithfulness, doubt the, the power of God to do what he says he's going to do, to be who he says he's going to be, to deliver you from the trials and the tribulations that you experience. But he says, what, what this man says is the same as what, I, what I've said. And I know that you've said before that when I doubt, he is faithful. Help me. I do believe in you. Help me in the moments of my unbelief because when we doubt, he remains faithful. When we are tempted, he is faithful. 
When we are tempted, he is faithful. No temptation has overcome us except that which is common to man, meaning all of us experience the same kind of temptation. You're not alone. When you experience temptation, when you experience trials, and, and what the enemy likes to do is isolate us and make us think that we're, not alone, that we're alone in those, those moments, but you're not alone. Scripture tells us right here, everything that we experience, everybody is experiencing. No temptation has seized us except that which is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Amen. But when you are tempted, he, all, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And when I'm tempted, he is faithful. First, Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, The Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. When I'm tempted, he is faithful. Fifth one, I think that's the fifth. When I've made a mess of my life, He's faithful. When I've made a mess of my life, he's faithful. How many of you would be ashamed if somebody knew all the things that you had done or thought or said in the past 24 hours? You're like, no, the past 24 hours were pretty cool. All right, the past week, the past month. I'm not interested in y'all knowing how I drive down the road sometimes. But if we're honest, we look at it, we realize that we've all sinned and that we're in desperate need of God's mercy as we stand here, we, as we stand here, we need his mercy. But the question is, will that forgiveness be there when, when we need it? And the answer from God's word again and again is yes, because 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, and I shared this with a brother this week who's struggling with his own sin. And, and just the reminder of this is so key. And I'm sure some of you know it, but you need to hear it again, that when you've made the mess of your life, that he is faithful. Listen, if we confess our sin, he is faithful. He God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he is faithful. He can do nothing else but do what he says that he will do. He promises he will do this, and he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. Purify us from all unrighteousness. We need to hear that when we made the mess of our lives, that he is faithful. And some of you, maybe you've not made the mess of your life. Maybe you're a teenager and there's something that, I just think about my own boys and I want them to remember this. I think about my daughter and I want them to remember this, that there's nothing, as, as much as I tell them on a day, there's nothing, there's nothing that they could do that would make me not love them more than that. No matter how much a mess that you make of your life, there's forgiveness in Jesus. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When I don't feel like I measure up, he's faithful. When I don't feel like I measure up, he's faithful. I, and I think about that. I, I need this on a regular basis to be reminded that, that it was never me that measured up on the first, in the first place. It was always him. And I, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he, he who promised is faithful. 
Ultimately, the, the greatest faithfulness that we know is the faithfulness of God to his promise to rescue and to redeem us. As the band comes back up, we're just gonna sing one song. And if you're a part of our prayer team, you know who you are. I'm just gonna ask you to kind of go back to the back of the room and be available for folks as they, as they would come if they wanna pray with somebody. And our prayer team is just part of our people that lead and, uh, and our, our A6 and C3, they lead in just praying for folks and, and being available for folks. And so if you just want somebody just to talk to, this is for you. If you wanna trust Christ for salvation, if you have never put your faith in Jesus and the one who is faithful till the end, then I invite you to do that. But I think about the promise promises that God made, the purpose that God made, the promise that he made in the Garden of Eden when he said that he was going to deliver one who would one day crush the, the enemy, and he does that. He, said, he says that he prophesied throughout the, prophes- throughout the Old Testament and prophecies and all throughout the Old Testament points to this Messiah, this one that would come, and he is faithful to his purpose. He's faithful to his purpose. And he came and he seeked what it says that Jesus said that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. God, God was faithful to fulfill his purpose, to restore, to redeem what was broken by sin. And maybe this morning you just need to be reminded that God is faithful to his purpose. And, and maybe in your own life you, you, you sense that, that there's just something broken or maybe somebody's broken, something, somebody else has broken a promise, but God has not broken his promise. Maybe somebody you love abandoned or broke a promise to you, but God who loves you endlessly has not broken his promise. Great is his faithfulness. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so that you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History and Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're thankful you spent some time with us today. We'll see you next time.